You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. Welcome to Dairy Voice, the podcast brought to you by DairyBusiness.com. I'm your host, Joel Hastings. In this episode, we'll be talking about the growing impact of coronavirus on our dairy industry. Our guest is Dave Kurzowski, the team leader for Dairy Ricks Management Consulting at IMTL FC Stone, based in Chicago. Welcome, Dave, and we appreciate you taking some time to visit with us. Yeah, thank you, Joel. Happy to be here. And we're speaking here in early March, and there still seems to be many unknowns. How are you and your dairy economist colleagues assessing the situation? It's a it's an excellent, it's a million dollar question, Joel. It, it's a uh, you're, you're actually you're calling it a time where we're in the midst of this, right? We're in the the fog of war, so to speak, war on coronavirus, and we're trying to figure it out. But there's no doubt a black cloud of dread hanging over the markets now. Today, the markets seem to be getting a bit of a reprieve from the big sell-off. But the issue is, I think, Joel, that we don't really know. We've put pen to paper and tried to figure out. Well, you know, let's look at it from a global growth slowdown perspective. And if we dropped uh, 1% on global GDP, it would mean this on prices for dairy. And, and we've looked at it from a consumptive perspective. And even, even that is somewhat dated because I think we looked uh, internally and, and kind of focused on China. Now, certainly China is a, is a big market. If you want to just, for reference, the U.S. domestic consumption last year was around 83 million metric tons of milk equivalent. EU was around 130 million metric tons of milk equivalent. So this is the product that you can make out of, out of milk. China is around 53 million. So that's a big market. And there's obviously uh, this is coronavirus and all of these issues really kind of stem from China. And and uh, although we hear, you know, some battle cries that they're getting back to work in China as, as the coronavirus spreads to the Western world, certainly we're paying attention more closely now. And actually our behavior here in the U.S. seems to be changing quite a bit. Uh, but the core of this really started in China. And, and, I, and so we, I think we have to look at what their demand uh, for dairy products will be like uh, going forward. Uh, but then beyond that, now that this is spread beyond their borders and we're starting to see some bigger changes, you know, what, what does that really mean for the, the global economy, the U.S. economy, European economy, the global economy as a whole? Uh, are we on the precipice of a massive recession uh, or are we in this corrective, a, a reset really to the markets? Certainly right now, it does feel like a reset more than anything else, but you just don't know because like I said before, this is such a fluid situation. We don't know what next week the headlines will look like or the week after that. Hell, we don't even know what the headlines this evening will look like. So, <laughs> do, do you think that uh, I've heard some Economists speculate that uh, the economy was was kind of looking for a reason to slow down, and uh, maybe unhappily, coronavirus might provide that reason. Uh, how how do you assess our? And then, of course, we had the big st- stock sell off this week. Um, no, no doubt. I, I, you're right. I mean, we've 11 years of, of stock market increases, basically. So that's a, you know, I, I don't want to say that's a record, but it's certainly a decades long expansion. Um, and, you know, you can talk yourself into a recession. So I think even the past couple of years, people have tried to do that a couple of times. And I, I so I, I think there's something to what you're saying there. I, I do think that if you look back over the past couple of years, maybe not so much in the food business, but to some degree, cheese uh, would be under this category. Uh, One of the common themes of discussions that I would have with folks inside the dairy industry and without 
outside the dairy industry was this buildup of inventories, this overhang of inventories, consumer goods, some food products, things of that nature. And that was kind of, you know, in a sense, a, a worry, kind of an area of concern for a lot of folks in the manufacturing business, kind of looking at it saying, well, this, this could be a problem if we have all these inventories of various products, right? It's, it's not just, like I said, dairy or food, um, but, but all these inventories spell, you know, potential disaster down the road. If we're not moving these products, we're going to have to move them eventually. But if we're not moving them, that's going to be an issue. It may be a signal that things are starting to slow down before the news headlines actually report that. Then we come into this year and we, we have coronavirus, obviously, and that's almost overnight slowing everything down, right? I mean, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the meetings that have been canceled. But I don't have to tell your listeners. They know, you know, uh, what's happened to slow down in travel. Uh, business travel, certainly um, spring breaks, things of that nature. All this is is slowly and, and kind of, well, I should say it's kind of exponentially uh, closing down, which it doesn't feel good, no no doubt. And certainly is, is something that, you know, when you go back to a year ago and people are looking at inventories and saying, well, this could be a signal that maybe, just maybe we're on our way back to some kind of a correction. And then all of a sudden you get in this year and it's like overnight, things are slowing down, things are changing, and people are really having a hard time keeping up with it. But to my way of thinking, potentially this could be, you know, a, a massive reset button on the economy, not necessarily a reason for panic into some kind of prolonged recession or depression, but a reset that the market was looking for. So I absolutely think that that is potential uh, for this particular issue. Uh, issue, And I think right now you can't, you can't get away from a dairy conversation without talking about coronavirus. It, it is the driving force in the market right now. Cantus comes to the market in 2020 with a new vision for animals, farmers, and food production. Our world-changing technology combines computer vision and artificial intelligence to watch over your business 24-7, alerting you when it matters most. We help you make data-driven decisions to improve your dairy operation and animal health, positively impacting productivity and profitability. Cantus is keeping an eye on your farm and an eye on your future. To learn more about us, log on to Cantus.com today. And we're back. Dave, the, uh, on the manufacturing side, we've heard talk about supply chain disruptions uh, as uh, particularly Chinese manufacturers' uh, workforces are impacted by the, by the illness. Are there supply chain issues that in, the dairy, in the dairy industry that would have any impact, or is that not really our thing? Not necessarily on the on the farm uh, level, although I did have a customer in the U.S. who uh, is a multi part of a multinational uh, dairy corporation, and they had folks in Europe asking him uh, earlier this week whether or not there would ever be a shutdown of a of a plant, uh, not a plant necessarily. I'm sorry, but like a co-op, the co-op stop picking up milk, or a plant might stop picking up milk. Would there ever be a slowdown in milk pickups because of coronavirus? It's certainly possible. I have not heard anything to that extent. I don't expect it to happen, but you could make up a story in your mind that, okay, maybe a plant is infected and they can't take the milk. I don't read that as bearish for the market. I think that would be actually a net bullish because you're not, you're going to dump that milk. You're not going to turn it into product and it's not going to find a home someplace. So, so long as, as demand doesn't drop off by more, then that might be a, a net bullish factor for dairy markets. But uh, no, I haven't seen anything on the farm level. I think when you talk about, uh, you know, cheese manufacturers and powder 
manufacturers in moving product. They've had some issues, obviously, at the ports uh, out in California late February. I, I suspect that there is some issues if you're in the export world for dairy, com- you know, exporting out of the U.S. I think there's uh, some touch and go there as well. What I would tell you is from a domestic perspective internally, I don't hear of, of much in the way of uh, logistical issues moving product within the U.S. And, and to that point, in talking to pretty much everybody around the horn, for the most part, with maybe the exception of powder, you know, if you're certainly talking about cheese and some other products, some of the higher protein whey products, and uh, probably butter right now, I hear that business is good. I, I basically hear things that I haven't heard in a long time, which is the slowdown seasonally that we see about this time of year did not push, you know, did not push some of the uh, buyers of these products to push back on the manufacturers. Normally, we hear stories of cancellations that kind of ripple through the marketplace in February, March, in this time frame. Generally, you know, the first part of the year. That hasn't happened. Everybody seems to be taking their allocations. Nobody's reaching up and buying more than they need, but they seem to be, from what I can tell anecdotally, taking everything that they've agreed to take well before coronavirus came into play. I, I think looking backward in an environment like this at data points doesn't is probably not super helpful. Although we came into this year and I think we had data points that suggested milk prices should be at a higher level than they were last year. And not it doesn't have to be 50 cents, you know, 50% higher. It just, it just have to be at a higher level than where they were last year, that there was going to be some stability to price. And then that was the story in January, coronavirus is the story of late February into early March. And now we're questioning whether or not we've got that story right. I will tell you, like I said, so far, I, I don't hear much changing boots on the ground wise. I don't hear people pushing back. Uh, but again, we're in the middle of this. So in the next couple of weeks, maybe we start to hear some of that happen and, and maybe that will reflect itself in price. But to date, it, it really hasn't. When we do talk about price, the, the international trade aspects, the, the global dairy trade exchange, uh, other international data points, as you as you mentioned, uh, what, what, are you, what are you seeing there from the global price? Yeah. Dairy. Well, I, I, GDT, um, uh, gl- the global dairy trade auction or uh, out of New Zealand, out of uh, Oceania, that basically, that price had adjusted probably about 8% in the month of February. I mean, well before the U.S. started to move lower. And, and to date, I actually have some price percentages for you. From the high of the year to the low of the year, class three milk is down 13.5%. Class four milk is down 16%. We expected this coronavirus might have an impact on milk prices of 5 to 15%, which might mean that in the short term, you're at 20% loss or 25%. I mean, these are big numbers, but you might have the biggest force of loss up, up front. And then over the course of 12 months, you average out to a, a 5 to 15% loss on, on dairy product prices. If that's accurate, I think we've seen a good chunk of the move here in the U.S. But I, like I said before, I, it's a fluid situation. So I don't know, you know how bad the economy overall will do if it ends up contracting more maybe these numbers are not, maybe that 5 to 15%, maybe that's not enough. But to your point, I think that the, uh, your question rather, I think that the, um, the world markets starting in Oceania really saw the, the weakness hit first. And they've adjusted uh, quite well. They seem to be slowing down. I mean, the, the, when I say they seem to be slowing, their prices, the rate at, at which they're falling seem to be slowing down. In fact, the cheddar price on GDT was 
it was actually up over two dollars uh, two events ago, and it was in the mid one nineties um, in the last event. It's not like the world is uh, falling apart there out of GDT uh, down in New Zealand and Australia. I, I do think that so they responded first. Now the U.S. and probably to some degree Europe also responding with negative prices or price action, I should say. Are we overshooting the mark? Possibly. Um, like I said, it, it seems like a massive reset where the market prices are reverting to the mean. All of these prices, with the exception of you know certain European prices for cheese, for example, didn't quite get up as high as um, U.S. price for cheese in the fourth quarter of last year. Um, you know, it was much much lower actually. Butter price, powder price. And, and cheese price globally seems to be reverting to some sort of average type of price. And that's what we're seeing right now. So I think maybe we got a little overzealous at the end of last year and probably had to come down a little bit this year. And now we're probably getting a little overzealous on the sell side. We're probably selling the market off probably a little bit more than we ought to be. Uh, but in, it, like I said, in the fog of this coronavirus, we don't know what's right just yet. Uh, how about on the feed side? Uh, we know that that grain prices are impacted by exports. Uh, what, what are you What are you seeing right now, and and what do you anticipate? Yeah, if you look at corn and just the stock to use ratio, uh, you know, and and you look at where we stand right now, we don't have a lot of wiggle room for this year as far as what we can produce. I mean, we we have to show up and produce corn this year because we don't we don't have a lot of excess out there in the marketplace. Given a stocks to use number right now, if if that were an absolute number that could give you the perfect price without any other market noise, you'd probably be over four dollars a bushel. Not much, maybe. 420 a bushel. Um, you certainly wouldn't be 370, 380, which is where we sit today. There, there have been studies and folks at FC Stone that know more uh, or, or deal more in the grain markets than I do uh, that suggest that even if your stocks to use number gives you a, a price of 420 or 430 a bushel in a perfect world, that the speculative funds in the market and the noise in the market can actually push that number 50 cents a bushel higher or lower than where the stocks to use number would put you, okay? That's a big move either way, you know? In in this case, you've got the speculative funds that have been short of corn and short of beans, and they continue to maintain that short. And they're going into the planting season. We saw this happen last year. They went into planting. They were net short in, in March. And by April, they started covering, and we went from 360 to 460 in the span of about three weeks. Not sure I see that happening again this year, but we are getting into the planning time frame for uh, U.S. to raise crops, and I do think the markets tend to get a little bubbly at that time. So I think at some point in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to focus a little bit more on planting, a little bit more on what we need to have in the ground to feed people as opposed to uh, coronavirus. But right now, I think there was nobody safe or no market that was really safe from the onslaught of selling. In fact, yesterday, Joel, the uh, price of gold, which has long been held as the safe haven, right? You know, if the world is falling apart, buy gold. Well, gold, gold was lower yesterday. Okay, so there's nothing safe. When everybody wants to sell everything, it becomes less about rationale, logic, numbers that make sense. And it becomes about emotion and, and there's dollars at stake. So people, you know, tempers flare and you start to see that that uh, manifest itself across the board. And I think corn and beans, you know, have also been pushed down because of what's going on with coronavirus and the news headlines and the concerns around demand. 
The question is, when does that slow down? And I think it will slow down for corn a little bit. Not necessarily that corn's got to go up anytime real soon, but I, I think it's going to be hard to be real uh, aggressive selling uh, seller of corn and, and beans as we go into the planting, uh, you know, stages of, of the year. Uh, we saw it, like I said, last last year. Uh, this is not the time to be real short of corn or or beans. So I do think that as we shift into the second quarter and you're planting, you know, the market could stabilize a little bit more. And I think the reality is for commodity markets is that if the if the economy doesn't get sent into a tailspin here, we could actually see a bubbling up of prices in the second half of the year. It could be like a hockey stick. You could really see some some demand that has been pushed on the sidelines right now because of coronavirus come back with a vengeance. It's too early to tell one way or the other, but your listeners have to be aware of that. It's a real real risk. And the hockey stick price curve you're talking about is not just on on the feed side, the grain side, but potentially on other commodities, including dairy. Is that correct? Correct. Commodity prices. I realize you're not predicting that, but you say that's a possibility. Absolutely. Uh, commodity prices as a whole. In fact, when, when there is uh, political strife, when there's war, when there's turmoil, when there's things like the coronavirus that pop up, uh, you know, MERS and, and uh, SARS, uh, you know, didn't have as much of an impact on the markets at the time that coronavirus is, but it's the same kind of thing. And what I think is important is that when, when you have these things happen that are that cause a lot of volatility to markets. When the dust settles, people tend to want to own resources and not stocks, right? So you end up seeing, I, I think you can see a switch here where the, the stock market may still need to go lower all year. There may be very little recovery for the stock market as we go forward. It's just hard to know. But that doesn't mean that commodity prices will crater. In fact, a lot of times, if you look over the course of 100 years, many times the stock market and commodity markets tend to work inverse of one another. So you sure. get, uh, you know, a 10-year bull cycle in, you know, stocks and a 10-year bear cycle in commodities. Well, it kind of feels like we we just came out of one of those things, or maybe maybe we're not quite out of it yet. But it, it kind of feels like we're going to be working towards the inverse as we go forward, or at least that's the potential. So um, as of right now. You know, people are selling everything that I think in the next 30 days will start to work itself through the marketplace. And you'll start to see, you know, basically winners and losers start to emerge a little bit. And uh, and I'm not aggressively bullish uh, dairy products by any stretch at the moment because I don't know what the impact really will end up being. But we came into this year with a, a tighter balance sheet, in my opinion, for most products, with the exception maybe of butter that would, you know, would look to have. 1650 to 1750 or $18 uh, class three milk throughout the course of the year. Class four milk could be on the same type of uh, track uh, with nonfat looking at between 120 and 130 uh, and butter kind of hanging around the $2 level, maybe getting into the 180s where it's at right now and kind of staying in that area uh, for the year. You could be looking at $17, $18 milk um, and then coronavirus happens. And to go back to the feed part of, of, of your question, you know, to look at the milk supply, I think is a, an important thing with regard to talking about what the potential is here, because I don't see a whole lot of exuberance or irrational exuberance or just interest in expanding on the dairy farm level, right? We just went through a year, a three-year contraction in dairy that really culminated in 2019, uh, our milk production was uh, well below, you know, normal. It was up four tenths of one percent last year in headline, up less than one percent when you look at just the protein and fat in the milk. You know, maybe that's okay for a year, uh, but it certainly doesn't um, 
it, it tightens up the whole picture. Your producers should be aware of that. The, the, the milk supply is tighter. And I think when you look at a, a few months of good prices does not overshadow higher fixed costs on the dairy farm, does not overshadow bankruptcies by bellwether dairy companies that have been you know, happening and, and a lot of shifting around there. It doesn't overshadow uh, the age of a lot of the producers. Maybe they're you know, they expanded in 2004 or five, but you know, now they're a little older. They're, they're not willing to take the same risks. There's a whole host of reasons why dairy farmers, and not to mention they're getting beat over the head every day with plant-based everything. There, there is a, a let, me, let me repair the financial situation of my dairy. Let me make some money. Let me see how things go as we go forward. I love being in the dairy business, but I, I, I'm not going to add 5,000 cows just to add 5,000 cows. I really think that we're going to be uh, 2020 is going to be marked by less than expected milk production. That matters if demand is good, right? If demand is uh, poor and falls apart here, you know, then maybe lower prices can come fifteen dollars, fourteen dollars. I don't, I don't know where the low would be. Right now, I think that demand will stay more intact than people think for dairy products and for commodities broadly. And I think it's going to be on the backdrop of, of tighter milk supplies. So I, I, I'm still a little bit optimistic, although it's really hard to be that way today, Joel. Well, we hope for all of our fellow citizens uh, that we can come through this coronavirus with as few illnesses and casualties as we possibly can, uh, regardless of the economy. And uh, perhaps, as you say, the fundamentals of supply and demand will be the drivers this year rather than this current situation around uh, coronavirus. I certainly hope so. But you can you can see it's palpable. Uh, you and I were talking about it earlier with a, with a lot of uh, slowdowns in in uh, events and things like that. And yes. you know the the world is just not sure how to calculate what that really means. Because if a, if a person doesn't go to an event, okay, maybe they don't go out to dinner, but they're still eating somewhere. And you know how to rectify that. And they'll probably eat less, but you know how much more. And we live in a world right now where I can order food from a restaurant on my phone and have it delivered. So this is a little bit of a different time and and trying to really kind of suss out what it means is something we're going to do over the next couple of months because we don't have all the answers today, that's for sure. We appreciate you uh, giving us your best uh, judgment and your your current calculations. We'd like to stay in touch with you as this situation unfolds, and we do thank you for being with us today, Dave. Yeah, appreciate it, Joel. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Dave Krasowski, team leader for the Dairy Risk Management Group at INTLFC Stone. Thank you very much, Dave. This is Joel Hastings for Dairy Voice Podcast, which you can find on all the podcast sites, also at our website, dairybusiness.com. Yeah.